We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome to another episode of What the World Needs More of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I am your host for this journey. Uh, today, we are joined by someone I've known for quite some time now, maybe nine or ten years. His name is Troy Olds. Troy, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, brother. Now, we're going to dive straight into the question of the show, which is what do you believe the world needs more of? Well, um, without having a canned response, I think there's uh, more kindness, obviously. I've heard that shared on your show before. And I think that that happens when people have more self-love, more um, real clarity as to who they really are. And so I, uh, my mission in the world is to help people to uh, really identify, you know, find themselves and to share that. Once they've found that, that space of, of clarity, then everything changes for them. You know, they realize that they're powerful, they're um, they're amazing, and they come from a place of freedom. So I'd like to see more people in the world teaching others how to do inner journey work through uh, breathing and meditation. And uh, so that's it. People learning, people teaching, and I think we can change the world doing that. Very cool, man. Very cool. Here's a question. What do you consider to be your wow factor? What mm -hmm. makes you uniquely you, and what are some of the moments that help shape it? Uh, Jarek, I think that... Well, I know it's not what a lot of people would call a wow factor. It's not a stage thing. It's more uh, my ability to help people feel comfortable um, around me and in their skin. Um, and it gives them a space to open up, become authentic. Um, we have vulnerable conversations. And, you know, the, the places that I've been that created that wow factor is just life, you know, um, I believe that pain is, is the touchstone of growth, and it was in those painful moments that I was forced to move, and um, having my own painful uh, life experiences and then moving through those experiences really has added to the degree of empathy that I feel for, for others. Um, that, that palette, that colorful palette has gotten very broad with each experience, and so um, I'm able to see people on, on um, a broader spectrum, I think, than, than certainly I was able to even a year ago, uh, let alone 10. So that's, that's really what created that wow factor is painful experiences. And then also recognizing that moving through those experiences, that those flames, those fires of, of tragedy that I would call them back then actually were the, the pivotal, pivotal moments uh, and the gems that, that um, have made me who I am today. So Going through them, they were scary, they were painful, and there were claw marks on the walls as I was going through those dark uh, dark hallways. 
And those experiences, without a doubt, have become the greatest gifts of my life. Mm. Now, you've been alluding to experiences and moments. Uh, give people some context. Maybe magnify one and, and walk us through what happened so people can really connect and feel to what that is. Because um, what yeah. I've learned is I've talked to lots of people on the show. I think we have 60 episodes posted so far. Um, contextually, what someone, what one person would call a painful moment is radically different than another. And, and I think when people listen in and they get to hear an example of a moment that you had to go through, the darkness, you know, you had to go through, well, putting the claws in the wall and ah, trying not to get forced through it, when they can hear contextually what that moment was, it allows them to really, you know, if they've experienced something the same, realize that they're not alone. If, if you know, they've experienced their own version of it, they realize, wow, other people have gone through stuff too. And it, and it sure. gives them the ability to not only relate, but to realize that, hey, they're going to make it. Sure. Uh, I think one that everyone can, well, a lot of people can relate to is divorce. Um, I, After a 17-year marriage, three beautiful kids, uh, I chose to leave a marriage. And I can only speak for myself, but I had a fantasy created in, in my mind as to what the future was going to look like post-divorce. I literally had this idea that we were going to be barbecuing together with our new significant others. We'd be listening to Bob Marley and grilling and it would be just, it'd be wonderful. That's a fantasy. And where I got that, I'm not really sure. Um, it did not go that way remotely close. It, it was the exact opposite. Um, there was parental alienation. There was a lot of court costs. There was um, just this identity crisis and grief that I did not know was even possible. And I'd had some experiences earlier in my life that I thought, well, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. This is painful. It wasn't even close to what I experienced after that divorce. And that was a little over five years ago. You know, um, there were moments when my amazing, I've got great kids and my son was one of my, he still is one of my best buddies. He's an adult now, but he wouldn't talk to me for six months. <laughs> you know, I was tucking them in, praying with them at night, uh, one day and you know, the next day that was over and I did not know it was going to be over. And so that's something I'd like to share with your listeners is, is, be very present, be very mindful of the choices uh, that are being made because you don't know when the last time is the last time. Uh, and that was the last time of that chapter of my life. And, uh, and so um, I changed careers at that time. I, I became a, a, a wellness coach right in the middle of that. And within a couple of years, I was very incongruent with being a wellness coach. And I literally had to shut, the, shut down the shop. So divorce, identity crisis, you know, I'm no longer a husband. Um, in my mind, I was no longer the husband or the, the parent that I wanted to be. Um, and because of my mental state, I was <laughs> I was knocking on a breakdown's door, Jarek, literally. I might have been peeking, you know, peeking through the, the, the keyhole, actually. Um, that made my business incongruent. And I just recently heard Stephen Kotler author of Rise of Superman and the co-founder of the Flow Genome Project. He was interviewed by, um, on Impact Theory. Um, and he said that having unemployment for six months literally affects the brain and body like the death of a child. And I was, I really grabbed onto that. I couldn't really fathom how is that possible, but I just knew who, how I felt. 
I felt like I was in the darkest place of my life. And so um, that, once again, is where I, I really dove in on breathing and meditation. I was taught by somebody who was epically Obi-Wan in that space, how to go into um, the unconscious and do the work there. And so an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening, I would dive in and I'd find my answers. One idea, one face, one um, intuition at a time. And that's how I moved through that dark space. And, uh, and I'm grateful for it. You know, again, very, very painful. My son and I are amazing friends. My, my kids are, are great. But uh, it wasn't that way for a while, man. So that's, I think, something that people can really understand. We live in a divorce is epidemic in our country. Life crisis is epidemic in our country. And uh, people are falling apart. And they, they really don't know why. And I didn't know why. It was only post-divorce and diving in and diving in and, and doing the work meditation that I was able to understand that a lot of my choices, a lot of my view of the world was created when I was seven years old. And some people can relate to that. You know, we, we think we're choosing, but we're not. We're running programs. File cabinets are opening up every moment of every day that are reminding us of our past and our safety mechanism, whatever um, we created to keep us safe as kids, those things come out as 40, 45, 50 year old adults and a seven year old running the show. And that's what I identified. Mm. Powerful. Now, th this might seem like an interesting question based on everything you've just shared, but what's a moment along that journey that made you feel incredibly humble? Um, <laughs> so we're going to feel back. I'm actually very excited that I'm having this conversation with you, Jarek, because um, I know that we can become stuck in stories and I'm not stuck in stories anymore. I know what happened. So three years after my divorce, um, I had a new, my new place. I had my business rolling and, but I was also falling apart emotionally. Um, and so I ended up handing the keys to my, my, rented home. I'd, I'd owned a home since I was 20. And so the first time I'd rented a home, I actually had to hand the keys back to the property management company. I got the opportunity at 45 years old to go move in with my mother. And this is the stuff that I don't think that a lot of people share um, open channel on social media because it's not cool, right? Hey, it might bruise my brand. You know, I'm supposed to have it all figured out. I didn't have it figured out, man. I was falling apart. And so I got to move back in with my mother and she's one of uh, truly one of my greatest friends. I actually uh, had breakfast with her yesterday morning, but it was also ground zero. A lot of my stuff, my trauma was in, in our own home as, as children. And so I got to live there and I got to process through that. And uh, in the middle of what we called snowmageddon here in Idaho, there's two, three feet of snow on the ground for months. Um, the repo man came and uh, asked for my keys to my car. <laughs> so I'm out in the country with two feet of snow, living in my mom's house, um, a very new experience for me. And I, you know, um, you, you have a lot of questions. I had a lot of thoughts at that time. Do I even want to go forward with this and uh, with life? And, you know, there's that, that still small voice in my inside of me that just said, this is the journey. 
you know, I've listened to a lot of Joseph Campbell interviews. I've read a lot of Joseph Campbell. Um, I linked that up with Carl Jung. I am an active uh, member of 12-step programs. So I understand how to do the work. And the answer was always just keep going. You know, that my, my soul would just say, keep, just keep going. And so that was very, very humbling. That was something that needed to happen in my life because one of the uh, survival mechanisms that I created growing up was that I was outgoing, that I was um, you know, very social and people liked me and I was influential. That was a mask. That was one of the many masks I had created um, that I would put on depending on the situation so that I could sh you know, show up and um, participate in life, but I would go home exhausted. And so what that looks like is I could go into any situation wearing the right clothes, um, saying the right things, telling you some stories of success from my past, but not telling you the truth about where I was at, which is I'm scared, I'm hurting, my life is falling apart. Um, and, I, and I used that for years in my life. And so um, three years ago, living in mom's house at that space, uh, there was just this understanding that I need help. And so I started telling people what was going on in my life. I had to get honest. I had to get open and share what was really happening if I was going to literally survive. And, and that was a turning point for me. And there was another turning point later, um, just about eight, 14 months ago, that was very, very pivotal, pivotal that really just burned the masks for me. It was just that opportunity to say, I'm, I'm done with anything other than what's going on and the truth. Uh, so that is one of the, the most humbling experiences of my life. Hmm. Powerful. Powerful. I think something you said in there is the, the moment and the question people have, is it worth going forward or is this it? And there was a phrase that I heard that was very powerful. It said, never make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. 100%. And, 100%. and that ability to find that light. I, I heard another quote that was interesting, which so many people want to be the sunshine in someone's life. Few people have what it takes to choose to be the moonlight in their darkest hour. And one thing that I look for in everything that we do here, including this podcast, is figuring out how do we become the moonlight in someone's darkest hour? How do we become the person who's willing to be vulnerable enough like you just were that's willing to share something that allows someone to meet you toe to toe in their darkest hour and realize that they have a decision. They have a moment to make that says, hey, I'm going to take what I have, where I am, and I'm going to do what I can with it. And if what Absolutely. I can today is just take another breath and decide to keep going, that's all that it takes today. And if tomorrow I take another breath and I find a way to put one foot in front of the other and, and move, you know, two inches closer towards where I want to go, that's a move that's worth a celebration. And that's a move that's worth a high five, a hug and all the love in the world and acknowledgement that you're putting in the effort to make the progress, to move in the direction you need to move. So if you're listening, I don't know who you are, where you are, what you're going through, but please take that to heart. Don't make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. Realize if your heart's still breathing and you can still take a breath in your lungs, you have what it takes to keep moving forward and make the decision to move one step forward in the right direction today. Beautiful. Just the thought. Here's my next question. What's an awe-inspiring moment throughout this journey? Man, I've had, I've had so many. It's, 
it's uh, mind bending. Um, you know, just the the walk of faith. You know, we've uh, there were. Um, where do I go with this? <laughs> There's there are so many. Um, I'll go start with the, the what are small but major. Um, I've been fascinated by how I can come from a, a very dark place of this is it. I want off the ride <laughs> and I can get a big drink of water. And, uh, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm thinking, how in the world did I ever think that way? You know, how could I have felt that way? And I know that your listeners have had those experiences where one day is so bleak, so dark. And the very next day, they feel like they're on top of the world. Uh, those are awe-inspiring to me. But I've also realized, again, that's life. We're all experiencing that. Every single listener, everybody on the planet is experiencing those moments. Uh, so those are awe-inspiring to me. Um, for me, with, with meditation, uh, doing that inner journey work, uh, what's awe-inspiring to me is to go in with intention, clean things up. And when I say clean things up, I'm literally, I'm talking about going in, um, putting myself in the body of my seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-old self and, and just changing the frequency and the perception that is happening. And, and that, that carries forward. You know, there is no time. I don't want to get all woo-woo, but there is no time. Um, I've wrapped my arms around myself in those moments um, and just healed, uh, healed myself. And I've also done that in relationships. There was a, a moment where um, my former first lady, we were just having a lot of, it was chaos, it was fighting, it was, we're gonna go to court again. And it was about custody. And my son had, had kind of, he had turned and like, dad, I wanna live with you, man. I'm a teenage guy, I wanna live with my dad. And, and that wasn't happening, uh, at least through the court systems and, and with, with what was happening with her. And so, Rather than getting um, an attorney and going to battle um, in court with the court costs associated and the potential damage, it's not even potential, it's just damaging to kids, period. Um, I told Carson, let's, let's do this. I'm going to balance this. I'm going to meditate on this. I'm going to work on this inside and see what happens. And so I, I did that work. I also went out to Annapolis, um, and stayed with my buddy Daryl Hill for three days, and he helped with that work. Um, he's amazing with NLP hypnosis, and so we worked on this stuff. And I wrote out exactly what I wanted to have happen, my ideal day in that situation. And I wrote out that I want that you know I wake up and the sun's shining through my window, you know. Um, I I wake up, we have a a great breakfast together, and later in the day, um, Angela and I. My former shows up with my kids. They're in the kitchen with my new relationship, and they're they're laughing. My kids are telling jokes, and and it, this again, it was just a perfect description of what I wanted to have happen. And I wrote that out, and it, literally within seven days of returning from Annapolis and doing that work, I walk in my front door. Lo and behold, now I saw the car, but I was scratching my head and I did not know what I was going to walk into. You know, my former first lady's car is in front of my house. That was good spell trouble. I walk in the front door. There's Ray LaMontagne playing on the, the, the radio. 
she and my my current relationship are are in the kitchen talking and laughing. My three kids are sitting at the kitchen bar, and Carson literally looks over everyone's heads at me and he puts his hands on his heads and goes, oh my God. That was one of those wow moments where we claimed it. We said, look, we're gonna do the work on this through prayer and meditation and we're gonna change the situation. We're not gonna do what everybody says. Take them to court, you know, do battle. And so when the more inspiring than having that unfold the way I had created it in my mind, was the fact that my son got to see that that's possible. That my son realizes that there is a technology, there is a way that we can change our lives and our situations. So that was the biggest aha, wow uh, moment I've had probably, unless I think about it more. Hmm. Powerful, powerful. What about this? What's your greatest fear? My greatest fear? Um, that, that my life here, that I will be get, that I can potentially get caught up in the bubblegum marbles chalk of money, life status, which the ego is still alive and well in this one, um, that I will be drawn off track and not realize, you know, the potential that I set out to, to have here on this planet. I believe that it was a choice to be here. Um, I believe that I forgot that for a long time, but now I remember. And uh, and that's it, just to, to get so caught up, confused, and busy with what the world says is important and not do the work, not be the guy, not, um, yeah, not become fully realized while I'm here. Mm. That's powerful. That's powerful. I, I think... There's something very special in that. And, and we talked about this yesterday when you and I were chatting, where when we take time to Im immerse ourselves in environments unlike our own, we realize how magnificent the environment we're in is. Not in comparison or in contrast, just we realize how magnificent it is. Um, I, I've, you know, I, I lived in a village over in Uganda with no running water, no electricity, no toilets. To give people perspective, that means there's nothing in the entire town you can go to and turn a handle to have actual water that's sanitary or drinkable come out of. It doesn't exist. There's no infrastructure there. Um, it, it, it's just not there. And, and it's hard for people to fathom who live in places where the park, the library, the police station, uh, the school, downstairs, in the gym, like all these places have infrastructure with running water. To go to a place with no running water where you have to walk a quarter mile down the road just to have access to a well to pull water out of to then drag home to then boil just to become sanitary you know what an hour later to have one cup of water as long as a bug didn't land in it before you drank it like that's an experience where you know it's amazing we were talking about toilets you know there was no toilets in this village like there was a place you could go that had a cement slab with a hole drilled in it and a giant latrine pit dug that you can try to go to the bathroom over there's no electricity there's no switch you can click that turns on or off something. It doesn't exist in this yeah. part of the world. And, and these are the rural farming villages. You know, when people talk about Africa, they say it's, they imagine the villages. But the truth is there's beautiful, vibrant, amazing, incredible, well-developed and industrial cities going on all over Africa. Africa's huge. 
Um, and there's also rural, rural, rural village life still happening. And so when I was out in the villages, I hear lots of people say, oh my gosh, I've been there and I, I, I've met these people who seem to have nothing, but they're so happy. And I always stop and I say, well, well what are they missing? Do they have joy? Yeah. Are they healthy? Yeah. Are they happy? Yeah. Do they have a community? Yeah. Are they loved? Yeah. I don't don't understand what nothing is then because it seems like they have everything. And then people will stop and be like, well, you know what I mean. I'm like, no, I don't. Explain yourself, please. Because it sounds like you met a group of people who have everything they actually need. (laughs) And then there's a weird pause. And I said, but walk around, walk into where you work, go to your office building, go meet your friends for lunch and ask them if they have everything they've ever, des- if they have everything they need. And, and in most places around the world, major cities, people who might be listening to this, you sit down with someone, you say, do you have everything you need? And they go, well, the thing is, you know, I only live in so big of a house or I, I rent and I don't buy yet. Or, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know, like you said, I'm living with my mom at that moment of life. And it's like, ah, you know, I really want to get out of this position. But what's interesting, if you can place your hand on your heart and you feel a beat, if you can go and get a full breath of lungs, you have all that you need. The realization that that's all you need, the remembering that that's all you need, the work that you describe that you take people through to help them realize that's all that they need is the game changer. Because the moment someone realizes if my heart's beating and my lungs can fill with air and I can breathe and I can see and feel and touch and think and move. And regardless, even some people are in the position where they don't have some of those features. I have a friend of mine who was born with, we interviewed her early on the show. She went through two double lung transplants and then an open heart surgery and she's only in her 20s. Oh, wow. And, and for her, um, you know, her name's Kayla Haber. She's a wonderful, it's fighttobreathe.org if you want to go see her story. It's a beautiful story. She doesn't have the privilege to get a full breath of lungs when she wants to, or she didn't before she got her second double lung transplant where they cut her down the middle, cracked her open, it took out the lungs and put new lungs in, hoping and praying that they would actually work this time. You know, she didn't have the privilege for her heart to just naturally beat normally without thinking about it. She had to have her, her chest sawed open, her ribs cracked, They had to go into her heart and do open heart surgery, sew it all back together, put a tube from her heart out of her body straight through the middle of the front of her chest and body. And if you take a go on her Instagram and check her out, literally there's a tube coming straight out of the front of her. I'm like, holy moly, what's that? And she's like, oh, it's my draining tube to drain the fluid out of my heart. Like, wow, what crap. And, and, and she doesn't have the privilege for her heart to just keep beating naturally and normally without having to think about it and or go have a surgery just to fix it and keep it moving properly. And when you, when you think about that, when you get back to realizing, oh my God, if my heart's beating and I can fill my lungs with air, I have more than enough. When you get to that place, all of a sudden that village is a place that's wildly abundant. Then when you come back to your city, you realize how amazing it is. Not in comparison with the village, you realize it was always amazing. You just couldn't see it before because you were in contrast with stuff. You were in contrast with what you were being sold. The masks, the identities, the, the media, the play of the world that's being telling you you're not enough. You don't have enough and you're not loved enough. Therefore, you have to do something, be something, create something, develop something, design something, or go somewhere to finally be able to say yes to those three little checkboxes. 
I, I think the work you do is absolutely powerful and magnificent because it gives people the ability to get back to the realization that they are enough, they have enough, and they're loved enough. Everything from there is just the bonus world and a lot of fun. Love it, brother. And, and blessings to your friend. What a what an awesome, awesome story. And, uh, and thanks for sharing that. It's it's so true. You know, as you're sharing that uh, in a in a word or in a sentence, you know, to, to not be a victim. You know, we're not victims. <laughs> you know, we're victors. Anybody who's overcome anything challenging is a victor, you know, and then to to stay steadfast in that that knowing is is important for everybody. You know, that when, as soon as we take on that victim role, we are, um, you know, then we're, we're powerless, you know, and, and that's so the opposite of what is the truth about us. You know, we're powerful beyond measure, you know, truly, as Marianne Williamson, Williamson says. It's true. And so it's true. What are you most excited about for your future? Uh, share, truly sharing this um, just wellness, showing people what wellness looks like and that there is a path. There are a lot of paths, and I know that. Um, and I've got my own. Uh, I know what to do when I wake up in the morning. I know, you know, how to to operate my mind better than I've ever been able to in my life. Um, I know what foods and supplementation um, to put into my body. Uh, I know the associations that um, are required for for me to be who I um, am and who I choose to ascend into. And so, I want to share that with folks. You know that that process that every answer that they ever to every question that they have, they, they already possess that it's, it's on the inside. It's not typically what people think, you know, you don't get this, at least it's been my experience that you don't get this long range view and it stays crystal clear. I get the long range view of what's possible and get so inspired, so blown away that like literally tears will come to my eyes. Like, Oh my God, like that God glimpse of dude, remember, you know, and then uh, and then it gets gray, but then I get the steps for today. And that's one thing that um, I'm really clear. I'm blessed with is, you know, trust God, clean house, help others. That's my mantra. Trust God, clean house, help others. You know, I trust that that I am definitely on the right journey, that where the handrails end, that's where the magic happens. So let go of the familiar and lean into that dusky place of, of, un, of unknown and then uh, just take those steps on a daily basis from that place of of meditation, and and you're good. You know, it's the insurance policy that everybody's looking for. You know, they've they've had it the, the entire time. So I like to help people get their brains and their bodies optimized through food, nutrition, sleep, and schedule and functional movement. Um, and that is the foundation piece for being optimized to really optimize meditation. And that's it, brother. And it takes on a lot of different, a lot of different, um, that happens in a lot of ways, you know, whether I'm working on internet marketing, whether I'm writing emails, whether I'm out in the community, um, doing work there, I've realized that I'm, I'm not a one thing guy. My one thing is teaching this work. If there was one thing and it happens wherever I go. And that's something I'm reminding myself of right now. It used to be it had to look like this. I have to be on stage, you know, at Funnel Hacking Live. I love those guys. I don't have to be on stage over there. I don't have to be seen. I don't have to be known. I don't have to be the guy on social media. I just got to show up in my own life on a daily basis, be present and clear, 
and with the people that I'm with. And I learned a lot of that from you, Jay. You know, that's one of the things that stood out to me about you when we first met is in a room full of hundreds and hundreds of people, when you and I met and we had a conversation, you were having a conversation with me and you were not distracted. You were all in. And I think that's one of the key reasons that, uh, you know, I've respected, admired and continued to choose to build a, an awesome relationship with you. I'm always inspired by you, who you are as a guy. So um, you taught me then and uh, I took that and I brought it into my own life. When I'm with somebody, I'm with somebody, you know, everything else disappears. So awesome. very cool. Very cool. So we're going to switch gears. This is the second portion of the show. We call this the nuts and bolts. This is the tactical, tangible, practical, applicable, immediately applicable kind of stuff that we can give people that they can take and immediately put into use in their life, business, world, whatever they're focused on. And the first question here is, what do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life on each day as of right now? It, it is on service. Uh, that's really how it's kind of anybody who's been in 12 step programs understand that, you know, it, it really is about serving others because by design and I'm that guy, you know, in the, the past, it was all selfish, self-centered driven by a hundred forms of fear. And maybe, you know, you don't have to be any type of, um, addict, alcoholic to have that kind of, um, that, that feeling, uh, that's the majority of people. Some of us just took on ways to check out different than others. It can be money, it can be sex, it can be overeating. I got the umbrella, you know? You put everything under the umbrella and and, and that's me, man. And so literally, for me to have a, a life worth living, um, I've got to serve others. I can help myself so long as others are helped. And so that's what I do, that's what I did before um, this interview this morning, as I sat and I opened up my Pranayama box breathing app and I put some uh, binaural beats in the background of that. And I sat in my chair and I just, I did my breathing. You know, I breathed light in through the top of my head. I cleaned my own body with light. And then I shared that with every person that I'm in relationship with right, right now. You got some this morning, by the way, Jay. And that takes me out of myself because typically, even still, I'll wake up and sometimes it's like a, um, there's this cats running around in my head, thoughts, and I can lay there and I can let those cats run around and, and waste my time, or I can get up and I can do what I did this morning, open the breathing app and go right into the work. And, um, and that's, so that's what I do first thing in the morning is I focus on who I am going to be, who I'm going to help, who I can help. And I remain open to that. Powerful. Here's a question. What is a key to your success in that? Uh, the taking action on it. Um, that's something that I, you know, years ago, I heard Brian Tracy say, do it now, do it now, do it now. So I used do it now, do it now, do it now for years. And now it's just get my feet on the floor, you know, get my feet on the floor and get into the kinesthetic aspect of it. I'm a, a very kinesthetic guy, very visual guy. And so I've learned that I've got to begin moving my body. So I'll get in literally that movement. Uh, and I, I'd love to share this with your, with your audience. I can do some videos or whatever. 
so they can see the actual kinesthetic movement to lateralize my brain. It takes about three minutes. And uh, then I'll sit down and I'll, I'll go into process. And so it's about taking action. You know, thoughts, ideas, dreams are are ethereal until we start moving. When we move, the cosmic cogs of the universe start to go into motion. And then, you know, what that looks like is people that you don't even know get a thought or an idea and is introduced to somebody who happens to know you and you get a phone call. That happens when we take action, right? And so um, uh, taking action is critical. Don't just think about it, do it, move. Here's my final question. What is one, and you kind of just gave it, but we need another one. What is one actionable tip to help others listening experience the kind of success in their life that you've been able to create in yours? One actionable tip. Um, you know, there's a, there are a lot of answers to this. I think that what is very actionable with everybody listening is they've got a phone, whether it's an Android or an iPhone, download the Pranayama breathing app and start getting in touch with your breath. You know, people are running in fight or flight all the time. They're breathing short, quick breaths from the top of their chest. And they're telling their parasympathetic nervous system that they're, they're running from a bear, they're becoming exhausted. By two in the afternoon, they're crushing some rock stars um, to stay going. And that's not necessary. Learn to diaphragmatically breathe, box breathe, big breaths. Box breathing is perfect for that. And then you can add on some visualization on top of that box breathing. Like I do, I breathe in love and light, you know, source energy from the top of my head, fill my body, ignite my bones. And then I breathe that out through my heart to specific people occasionally or to specific regions and and i it just feels amazing man it's clean i come out of that clean with purpose so everybody who's listening i hope you do download the pranayama app there's other apps out breathing apps that's the one i use uh, in particular i also believe um in binaural beats uh so Get, there's a, an app called Sleep Stream. I got Sleep Sleep Stream Pro, and I will set it to hypnosis, and it puts um, frequencies into your ears that get you into a hypnotic state or a focus state, or a creative state. So th throughout the day, I'll I'll uh, set that to whatever I'm doing, and I have that playing in the background of my box breathing, and just to get me there faster. There are a lot of purists out there who say you don't need anything, and that's cool. I can meditate without anything on my body, <laughs> but I like Bose noise-canceling headsets. I like my apps, and I like my breath, baby. So to send people off with one tip that will change your life today is just start breathing. Breathing correctly and breathing often. Pause throughout the day. Open up your app. Do five minutes of box breathing with purpose. And... Uh, watch it change your life very cool man very cool well thank you thank you thank you for sharing so much of life and your journey and experience with us if people listening want to find you online want to connect with you about uh maybe something they're going through and they want a guide on the journey to help them illuminate where to look if they need some moonlight in their darkest hour and they want to reach out and connect with you where and how can they do that 
Sure. Um, it's Troy Olds on Facebook uh, um, as well as LinkedIn. Uh, TroyOlds.com will give you some free stuff if you want some. Uh, I've got a five-hour free video course there, and you can um, connect with me there. I definitely answer my phone and text and email. And, you know, I would like to share with your your listeners, Jarek, that, you know, I shared where I was and through that process on a daily basis, I now, you know, I'm a, I've got a partner in Ascend Wellness Base Camp. You know, we teach people to move. Everything that I've shared here on this podcast, we teach people here locally. We've started an entrepreneur optimization program where entrepreneurs can fly here to Boise and they can live with us in our in our space. And we've got a, a CrossFit box, a Spartan Training Center. We teach them food and nutrition and supplementation. Um, we opened that door for our entrepreneurs. And the next day I got a phone call, literally, from an individual, Jay Souter, one of the most amazing um, stage presenters, coaches that uh, I'm blessed to know. I'm working, literally doing this interview from his kitchen table. Um, that process created another opportunity where we're doing a big event March 27th here in Boise. We're going to have 200 real estate agents and entrepreneurs in the room. Um, because I was open about how, what I was going through on social media, um, eventually, um, a local entrepreneur who did well over $2 million last year, and I don't share any of that stuff to impress. It's just people need to know what's possible. You know, I went from living in my mom's spare bedroom broke to a place where this entrepreneur calls me nine years after we last spoke and said, listen, I've been watching you. He said, um, I've been inspired to call you. I've been driving all over the country and I just got this idea to call you. Can you please help me? You know, I, I'm doing well financially, but other areas of my life are falling apart. And so the right clients are showing up at the right time with the right amount of equitable exchange of my time and their money, which is when we do these relationships of client coach relationship, it's just a, a trade of life. And um, life is in full, it's, it's in uh, full color again. And so I just wanna really emphasize to folks who are going through the, the dark night of the soul, uh, so find, find your, your tribe, find people who will keep you above the line that you're a victor, not a victim. You know, and, and do this work. Just realize that this is one thing that was mentioned to me is like, Troy, you're you're acting as if this moment is going to last a lifetime. It's not. It's a moment and it will pass. And so there are things you can do, people you can associate with that will allow you to move through that with new with new eyes. And so um, that's it, brother. That's what I got for you, my man. Very cool, sir. Very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. And for everyone tuning in, if you heard something that resonates here, if you heard something that you enjoyed or you know a friend or family member or a colleague needs to hear, please share it with them. We believe that sharing is caring. We like caring people around here, so make sure to share. And uh, we very much look forward to seeing you all for next episode.